Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode. This week, we are gonna talk about cutting out what doesn't serve you. So as we are recording this, it is the week before Christmas, and we have a lot of stuff (laughs) coming into our house or about to come into our house. If we have family visiting or if we are going to visit family, We are opening ourselves up to people, (laughs) to the energy that our loved ones bring sometimes. Sometimes that's not always positive, right? (laughs) And we are also spending our time differently during the holidays, as in, you know, we have so many more things on our to-do list. We have more activities that we want to participate in. And just all the things going on, right? So the holidays bring in the clutter, the extra people, the extra energy that the clutter and the people bring with them, (laughs) and the extra time that all of it takes. And I don't say all of that to just sound like a Grinch over here because I love Christmas and like I'm one of those, you know, best time of year, like all the things. But especially when you have kids, all of that kind of comes with it, right? All of that comes with it. And no matter what we, how jolly we go into the season, Christmas is going to bring more stuff into your house. It just is. It is going to bring more people a mix of energies, a mix of (laughs) emotions, and it is going to take extra time away from, you know, the things that you normally spend your time on or in addition to the things that you normally spend your time on, like it or not. And (laughs) it can be overwhelming. And even this far into my journey with minimalism and budgeting and intentional living, positive thinking, every single thing, I still feel this and I can look back now and I can remember five or six years ago when I wasn't on this journey and I remember how stressful it was. Our big toy purge that we did, our very first big toy purge that we did. So that first big toy purge, it was right before Christmas. Um, it was, Melanie was born in October, so it was somewhere in between when she was born and Christmas. And I knew that now I had three kids and the influx of clutter would be insane, right? I knew that it was going to be so much. And I remember this moment of like sweaty, um, you know, out of breath kind of moment of just being so overwhelmed and dragging all of the toys out and very like 
in a huff, kind of, (laughs) throwing everything into the living room. And I was just bound and determined that, like, this crap was not staying. And that's what I did. I pulled toys out of every corner, every room that they were in. I took even the bath toys, like every single thing. I put it all in a big pile in the living room and I started purging it. I started sorting it out. I started, you know, all this. And I was just, I had so much pent up stress from just knowing that it was only about to get worse. And that, I feel like, is so sad to look back on that that's not really what the holidays are supposed to be about. They're supposed to be about receiving with gratitude, not receiving with what would, like, disgust, (laughs) anger, extra stress. Like, that is not the point at all. So, Now that I'm a little bit farther into this journey and now that we're in this tiny house and I get to kind of have an excuse to grandparents and things like that um, in reference to giving the kids toys, I get to be like, oh, there's just not enough room, you know, well, sorry, we don't have a big enough house. That kind of gets to be my excuse, but I still had to communicate those couple of years that we were in our big house And it was really hard. And my mom and I got into several fights about it. It actually put like a wedge between us for a little while, I feel like, because she she didn't understand at first what our goals were. Um, And to her, that's her way of showing her love and wanting to be the grandma that spoils and all that. And so it was a lot. It was it was a f- several years there of us like continuously having that conversation. And she gets it now. Um, and she's much, you know, she's much more on board with it now. And everyone else is kind of, I mean, it took five years really <laughs> slowly for everyone to kind of get on board with it. And Maybe your family won't be that, um, maybe it won't take that much time with your family, but the communication and the constantly, well, let's get gifts that can be used, you know, let's get art supplies, let's get um, bath bombs and chapstick and, you know, things that can actually be consumed instead of things that are just going to turn into a bunch of clutter. And there are still gifts that turn into clutter. And that's just how it goes. And I buy them sometimes too, because there are things that the kids specifically ask for. And, you know, even if I know that it's only going to bring them joy for a couple of months, hey, it's worth it. We'll just go with it. And I know that I know now that I don't have to keep everything forever, that I can donate it when it doesn't bring them joy anymore, that I can toss it when it breaks or or when it's used or, you know, whatever. And I kind of have that distance now that I'm not going to be emotionally attached to every single item. But that did take a lot of time. And so I think that's where you you start to kind of realize the whole part of cutting out what doesn't serve you. I think the big hurdle for me was cutting out the emotional attachment to the items. 
that was the biggest thing that I had to cut out because I feel like anyone can go and grab a bucket of toys, dump them out, and donate half of them. The physical act of it is not that hard. That's why it's not hard to purge your bathroom, really, because you throw away what's expired, you throw away what's gross, what's broken, and then you kind of just organize the rest. There's not really any emotion there. But when you are going through toys, when you're going through clothes, when you're going through you know, things that have been given to you as gifts, there's an emotional attachment there. And that emotional attachment is something that is insane to me. Like, I mean, I get it. It makes sense to me. But how is it so strong? That emotion, I don't know. Maybe a a psychologist could explain it to me. But that same emotion is what gets us addicted to shopping. It's what it gets us wrapped up in consumerism of this item will make me happy. This item shows that I love my child. This item shows that my mom loves me. This, you know, it's not true. It's not real. But it's it's somewhere so deep into our DNA And maybe it's just the fact of generation after generation, this has been drilled into us. And now it's just something that we inherit. Or now it's something that our parents believe it. And then we just grow up not ever questioning it. And so things like when you're purging, when you're purging toys, it is, um, well, so-and-so gave that to her. I don't want to, I don't want to get rid of that. Or, well, she loved it so much the first week that she had it, even though she hasn't played with it since then. Or, oh my gosh, I spent so much money on that. I can't believe she didn't like it. Or, you know, I really wanted her to play with that. One of my um, first things that was really hard for me to purge was, um, I've told you guys, you know, that I used to work in the auction business when June was really little. And I got so many really cheap Barbies. You know, when people purge Barbies, like they purge a box of 50. (laughs) And so she had probably a hundred or more, I'm literally not exaggerating, of Barbies. Most of them were older, like some from the 90s that we had picked up at garage sales and different auctions and things like that. But she had so many. And when I was growing up, I would have killed for that many Barbies. I mean, Barbies were our life. It was like we played all day, every day until I was embarrassingly old, like 13 or 14. (laughs) And it was everything to us. And we always wanted more. We always wanted more Barbies. And we couldn't, you know, we couldn't afford to just get every Barbie we wanted. So when I could do that for June, I did it. She didn't like Barbies. She didn't like to play Barbies. If she did, she would just kind of drag one around with her like it was like a stuffed animal. You know, she didn't actually play with it. She didn't actually like make it talk or change their clothes or she just wasn't into them. And it was so hard for me to purge those Barbies because I had an emotional attachment to them. She didn't. She could care less, but I did. And I remember purging them 
And I purged them little by little because it was really hard. So I lined them all up and I purged the ones that I would ask her, like, which ones, like, let's pick 10 to keep, you know, let's pick, let's pick another 10 out of this pile to keep. And we would purge them like half at half of them gone. And then a couple months later, take, pull out another half of them. Like it was really hard to do. And so there are other, you know, emotions that are tied up in all of our, our stuff. I can't get rid of this shirt. My mom gave it to me, but I actually kind of hate it. It didn't fit me right. Or I spent a lot of money on this thing. I don't want to get rid of it, even though I don't really actually like it. I feel guilty every time I look at it. That's the kind of stuff that's hard. And there's so much emotion tied up in there. But that emotion that keeps you tethered to those physical items, that keeps you tethered to the consumerism, that is what does not serve you. And that is what I want you to work on cutting out. That dependency on objects, especially objects you don't need. There are a few things in our life that are physical objects that we need, absolutely need, or they make our life easier. Could we physically live without our cell phone? Yeah. Does it make life a whole heck of a lot easier and more enjoyable? Of course. I'm not going to purge my cell phone. Like, (laughs) there you go. But all that other crap that we don't need, that we are so emotionally tied to, that we feel all the different emotions to, that's what doesn't serve us. And that stuff and all of those emotions that you associate, you you have this one little emotion associated with this one shirt. And that emotion is, oh, I spent too much money on it. Okay, right next to it, hanging up in the closet, you have that shirt that is making you feel shame because you don't fit in it like you used to because you've gained a little weight or whatever, or the shirt is shrunk, right? Right next to it is another shirt that your mom gifted you that you actually think is super ugly, you know? Okay, so you take that one little tiny emotion of spent too much, another tiny emotion of, oh, doesn't fit right. Right next to it, another tiny emotion of, oh, I hate that, but I couldn't get rid of it. I'd feel guilty. So those are all by themselves, little tiny emotions, but stack them all up and it's huge. And that's just in one closet. How many closets do you have in your house? How many drawers? How many cabinets? How many storage boxes? How many shelves? How many bags like full of stuff? And there is almost, even if it's a minuscule emotion, attached to every single item. Now, I'm not going to go all Marie Kondo on you and like make you, you know, pull out every single item and like talk to it or, you know, whatever she recommended. I I read the book, but, (laughs) um, you know, does this item spark joy? But it is a good question, although it's, you know, slightly, it's a little much, but every little item has some kind of emotion, some kind of energy, something to it. Not only that, it takes up the physical space in your house so much, so much. 
So I thought this message would be really great to share with you guys as we are going into Christmas. So if you're like me, like now, literally today, before I hit record, I was purging my bathroom. And as soon as I'm done, like I'm sitting down to just to take a coffee break to record this with you guys. But when I'm done, I'm going to go purge another part of my house. Like this has become a routine for me the couple of weeks leading up to Christmas now because I I know because I've I've seen myself in this pattern over the last six years. So maybe you don't have time to do it this year. Maybe that time comes for you after Christmas. You know, you're trying to make room for all the new. As you're making room for the new, go ahead and purge through the old. Go ahead and purge through it. And remember that as you are purging that shirt that doesn't fit anymore and is causing you and is making you feel shame about your body, when you purge it, when you donate it or sell it to someone who will get joy out of it, you are releasing that emotion. You're releasing that energy. You're letting it go. As Marie Kondo says, you're thanking it for its service and you're letting it go. And I really have had to do that. I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, and as much as I don't do that for every little, you know, plastic cup that I throw away or something, but it has been, it was hard. It's hard to purge our kids' stuff. Oh, it's, it's so hard, especially when you're getting rid of baby clothes or, you know, it's your last baby and you get rid of the newborn. Oh man, I cried so hard. But I grabbed all of those newborn clothes and as I was putting them in that bag to donate them, I was thinking, thank you for clothing my baby. Thank you for taking, like, thank you to these clothes. Like, I wasn't saying it out loud because I'm not that much of a weirdo, but I was thinking kind of a, like a prayer of gratitude almost. And then letting it go. And letting myself move on to being done with the baby years and welcoming in the big girl years. And knowing that, like releasing myself from that emotion and almost a a prayer of gratitude to the physical objects and also like a prayer of release. And sometimes through the really hard purges, you have to do that. It's so emotional. I remember when I purged my craft supplies, when we moved into our tiny two-bedroom house, I knew that I wasn't going to have an office. Like I had an office in our other house and half of my office was craft, my craft section, you know, my craft supplies and all the things. I literally cried purging my craft supplies and I had to just push through it and let myself cry and let myself be sad about the the change and it's okay to feel it. But I also think that when we are acknowledging that our belongings do hold so much emotion and so much energy and so let let that be something that you think about before you welcome in new items, you know, remember that that's going to be an item that's going to take up more of your energy, more of your physical space. And are we okay with that? Not only are we okay with spending the money on it, which is usually as far as we go when we think about new items, but that 
it's not only going to take money, it's going to take physical space and it's going to take up emotional space. And are we okay with that? And cut out what does not serve you. Cut out what is not helping you get to the the goals that you want to achieve or the emotional space, the emotional level that you want to achieve. So let's make room for what actually matters in our life. And I say this a lot, making room for what actually matters. And I always, I get so many responses of, oh, I love the way you put that. Because there are so many things in our life that do actually matter that we want to have time to do or emotions that we want to have time to feel but we can't because there are other things that don't matter as much that are in the way. So what I mean by that is let's make room for what actually matters in terms of what we want to do. What do you actually want to do? Do you want to spend half of your time cleaning up and moving clutter from one side of the room to the other or having to do these massive purges over and over and over? just to purge it and then fill the space back up, purge it and fill the space back up in this vicious cycle? Or would you rather be spending your time with your family, with your friends, you know, doing things? Would you rather be spending your time working on a hobby, working on reaching your next goal, whatever that is? Or, I don't know, resting? Would you rather spend your time sleeping an extra hour? Then an extra hour having to clean every night and move clutter around from one place to another. Or the emotional stress that it causes you that keeps you up at night. The things that that keep you up at night that cause you emotional stress. How can we make those things go away? Or how can we make those lessen? Obviously, there are some things that we can't completely cut out because... You know, as mothers, we're going to stay up and worry about our kids. We're going to worry about, you know, certain things that we're always probably going to worry about. But there are extra things in there that don't have to be in there. Clutter can be one of them. Mental energy and, and emotional space can be one of them. Wasting money on things that you don't really need, that can be one of them. We don't have to spend our time on these things. We don't have to take up room in our brain over these things. We could spend our time going camping, going out on the boat like we do, you know, doing a puzzle, working on an art project, reading a book, watching a TV show without feeling guilty, having time to actually work on your goals, having an extra 30 minutes to work on your fitness or to actually sit down and update your budget. Rather than sitting worrying about clutter or getting up, running around your house, moving clutter from one side of the room to the other. What about making room for what actually matters in the terms of how you want to feel? Do you want to feel stressed? Do you want to feel overwhelmed? If you keep staying in the same pattern, you're going to keep feeling the way that you feel. You have to make drastic changes. There has to be this point in your life where you get to that moment like I was in where you're sweaty and out of breath and you are dragging every 
single freaking toy into the living room and saying, this is enough. I've had it. I'm done. You have to sometimes get to that point. I work with my clients all the time where they get to that point with their money. You know, they get to that point with their self thought, you know, their I am so tired of not feeling worthy. They get to that point with, I'm so tired of feeling overwhelmed and out of control. And they have that moment. It's like a, it's like a climax scene in a movie, you know, where they have that moment where they're over it. You know, think, I always think about the scene in Legally Blonde where Elle Woods is like on the Um, what is it like the treadmill or the exercise bike and she's just over it you know and she's exercising and she's reading her book and she's like don't tell me I can't do it and she's like had a I've had it moment we sometimes we have to get to that moment that's what I want for you guys I want you to get to that moment where you're like screw this I'm done this is changing now I'm done being overwhelmed. I'm done being stressed. I'm done wasting my time, my mental energy, my physical space in my home on all this crap. Instead, wouldn't you rather feel things like peace, joy, having the mental capacity to think into the future more than two days, having the mental capacity to be able to think five years into the future without freaking out. That is what matters. That is what is going to actually serve you. And I want you to cut out all that crap that does not serve you. Cut it out. If this is something that you have to spend an entire year or two working towards, it'll be worth it. But you've got to start. You've got to start. So whether that is like literally as soon as you get done listening to this episode, you go to the closest closet and start ripping everything out and throwing half of it away, do it. Because that's going to be a catalyst that's going to push you into the next thing, the next check off of the to-do list, the next release of mental energy. So let's purge what isn't serving us. Let's cut out what doesn't actually matter. And that can also look like your time, your schedule. That can look like people who bring bad energy into your life. Put up that wall. Create those boundaries. With your time, your personal connections, the energy that you allow around you, the words that you allow to get into your brain, the clutter around your house, your physical space, all of it. If it's not serving you, bye-bye. Okay? So a couple quick actionable tips for you as we wrap up here. You're like, great pep talk. Now, how do I actually do it, right? So as we're going into the new year, I want you guys to think about it. If you need to kind of think about it the next couple of weeks as you're setting your new goals, you know, kind of as you get hyped up, new year, let's do it, let's go, you know, These are some things to think about that you could actually put on your goals list and actually how to make this work. So if it is your time and your schedule that you are purging, that you are, you know, making sure that you're showing up for what actually matters on that time schedule, plan your week ahead. 
sit down on Sunday or whatever day works for you. For me, that's Sunday. Ask yourself, what do you actually want to do? Not what should you do. Now, there are things that we have to do. That's, I'm not talking, you know, there are things that we have to do. (laughs) We have to go to work. We have to take care of our kids. We have, there are things we have to do. But there are also things that we should do. I should go visit with that person. I should go, you know, do this thing, even though I really don't want to. I'm going to feel so bad after, like, I'm just going to be bad vibes all day. You know, you know what I'm talking about. That stuff does not have to be done. You can say no. You can put up that put up that boundary and say, nope, mm-mm, this is not serving me. I'm done. Or it's not serving me. I'm going to cut. I'm going to distance myself. I need to distance myself while I'm working on myself. <laughs> Start asking yourself, what do you actually want to do? What would serve you today? Sometimes what serves you today is sleeping an extra hour. Sometimes what serves you today is waking up and going into a morning routine of journaling, of meditation, of stretching, of prayer, of Bible reading. You know, sometimes that's what you want and that's what's going to serve you. Other times you're going to wake up and you're going to go, you know what? I really just want to open my laptop and get straight to work. That's what serves me today. That's what I want. That is how I want to show up today. And that's okay. Either way is okay. Laying in bed and sleeping for an extra hour, that's also okay. If that is what you want. If that is what is going to help you show up in the best way possible. Okay? Remember that your worthiness, your happiness, your fulfillment in life and your rest and your mental health and your physical health all deserve a place on that to-do list. They do. They all deserve a place. You are worthy of happiness and rest and fulfillment and achievement and peace and joy. You are worthy of all of those things. And if anyone tells you differently, Maybe those are one of the people that you need to distance yourself from. Just saying, like, you are worthy. And if that looks like your house, okay, make a list of all that, like, just do a huge brain dump. This is what I did recently because I was feeling so overwhelmed with my house. I took a piece of paper. I did an entire brain dump. This closet needs to be purged. This needs to be done. That needs to be done. Made a whole list. Now I'm going to go through this list one by one. I'm going to purge rooms, room by room, closet by closet, corner by corner. I'm going to put it on my schedule. I did today. I put it on my schedule before I sat down to record this. Work on purge projects. And I I worked on the bathroom for an hour. I put it on my schedule because it is important to me. Just like I would put on your schedule if you want to spend more time on your hobbies, on resting, put it on your schedule. You are worth that. You don't have to prove that you've earned it to anyone. You are worthy. And we all know that when our physical space feels good, we're going to feel good. 
when our mental space feels good, we're going to be able to show up in the world and do good. Do the things that we want to do, not just survive. Okay. And I was thinking about this as I was kind of like writing these notes and prepping for this. And I was thinking about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're not familiar, do a quick Google and to see the the picture, the representation. But basically at the bottom of this hierarchy of needs are physiological needs. So these are things like your air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing. Like you have to have these things to survive. Okay. And then once you have those things, once you're good with food, shelter, sleep, air, water, clothing, you know that those basic needs are taken care of. Then you can move on to worried about your safety needs. So these are things like your personal security, your employment, your resources, your health, your property, you know, Once you know for sure that you have enough food and shelter and sleep, that you're good on all those, then you can start worrying about your job, (laughs) your resources, your health, and your property. Because if you're starving, you're going to eat whatever you can get. You don't really care if it's healthy or not, right? If you don't have a place to sleep, you're not really going to care about, am I safe? When I sleep, you're just going to say, hey, I need a place to sleep, right? So, but after you, after you have these safety, your job is good. You know, you have, you're safe. You're, you're healthy. You know, you're, you're good. Then you can move on to worrying about the love and the belonging part, your friendships, your intimacy, your family, your sense of connection. So you. You worry about connecting with others, basically, and making sure that you feel loved. Then, then after that is done, then you you move on to esteem, which is respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, freedom. Okay, so as soon as you're sure, like, okay, we're good. We have a place to sleep. We have a job. I'm safe. You know, I have some people in my life who love me, care about me. Then, okay, but like, what about getting a promotion? What about like moving up on that status? What about like making sure, yeah, I have people, but do they actually respect me? Do I actually have freedom with these people? Then you get to move up to self-actualization at the very, very top. Which means this is the very, very last thing that we worry about is our self-actualization. Which is the desire to become the most that one of, that someone can be. We put that very, very last. Very last. And this is a proven theory. And this theory has come up, it comes up in basically every subject that you're ever going to study because that's how true it is. So what I think is, okay, well, I know that if I want to work on my goals and I want to work on my personal development, which is, you know, self-actualization, basically becoming the best that I can be, I've got to work on all these other things at the bottom. I want to make sure that I'm sleeping enough. 
I've got to make sure that like I'm good on my time management and that like I'm I'm safe. I am doing my job. You know, that I'm spending time with my family. Then I can work on myself. So it's like you've got to do that foundational work. And that's something that we've always talked about here. We've got to do that foundational work first. And we've got to get that foundational work on not really an autopilot per se, but we have to get it to where we're so used to it. We're we're good. It's it's good. It's it's in a rhythm that is easy to do, doesn't take any extra effort. Because we have got to make room for that self-actualization. We have got to have time for our hobbies, our goals, our desires. Getting our mental space to a place that we want it to be. Joy, peace, all those things. Okay, so anything that is not serving you, let's cut it out. Let's look for ways to cut that out. Whether that is your time, things that are not serving you and how you spend your time, that are not serving you in your mental space or how your, how your energy feels, that are not serving you in your house, that are not serving you on this hierarchy of needs. Take it out. Cut it out. Because the whole point is to get to the very top of this pyramid, to this self-actualization, and to become the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. To do things that matter most. To spend our energy on the things that actually matter. Okay? So, that is all for me this week. I hope that this episode was helpful to you on your journey, wherever you are. If you ever need any one to talk to or any reassurance, I'm always here. Feel free to reach out. That is all for me this week. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.